Welcome to the Whole Life Healing Podcast with Dr. Alexander Lloyd, best-selling author and founder of the Revolutionary Healing Codes Technique. Each week, Dr. Alex shares principles and methods from psychology, energy medicine, natural medicine, and spirituality to help you reduce stress, heal emotional and physical issues, and remove the barriers that hold you back from happiness and success. Join us as we learn to live our happiest, healthiest, and most successful lives. Here's Dr. Alex. Hi, Dr. Alex here. If you like the show today or any day, I would love it if you took about 10 seconds to go to iTunes and leave a review for the show. I've been doing this for about 14 years now, and I spend hundreds of hours every year in preparation and recording the show. And if you like it, if it's worth your time, if you think it might benefit others, I would love it if you could leave a review to recommend to your friends or just recommend it to your friends that could benefit from listening to the show. Thank you so very much. Since we are going to be talking about issues of health and well-being, we wanted to make sure that you understand that this information is not intended to cure or heal anything. Everything in the presentations is the opinion of Alex Lloyd. You should always check with a licensed healthcare provider about any specific health concern you may have. Hi, I'm Dr. Alex Lloyd, and welcome to The New Jesus. Uh, I would entitle uh, what I want to talk about today for a few minutes, the, the Time Paradox, or maybe even uh, the Time Belief Paradox, all right? We've been talking about uh, beliefs, and if you remember a few weeks ago, we talked about how to determine where you are and kind of who you are with 10 different diagnostics. You can look at each one individually or you can look at them as kind of a cumulative whole and that will sort of give you a picture of where your beliefs are on a minus 10 to plus 10 scale from being in truth and love or being in falsehood and fear. As the studies say that about 50% of what we believe is true is simply not true. Okay? And then one generation takes all the last generation's junk, piles their, gen their junk on it, and then passes it on to the next generation. They pile their junk and so on and so forth. So that over millennia, we have had a devolution of truth in our beliefs, in, uh, in conscious mind, unconscious, subconscious, ancestral. And uh, in my way of thinking, that's a lot of how we got here uh, with the problems that we have or the glass ceiling where we can't seem to reach our best self. Okay, we've talked about uh, some of the passages where, you know, God talks about what He wants and has for us is life beyond imagination. But the prerequisite and requirement for that is to know the love that is beyond knowledge in our heart, which would be our beliefs and memories and ancestry and pretty much all of that. All right. Um, why did God not just go from um, zero to heaven? 
or from zero to hell, whatever hell is? Well, I think it's because we were created for a loving relationship, to be in loving relationship with God, loving relationship with others, and excuse me, and even loving relationship with ourselves. All right? And the only way to determine if someone is willing to be in relationship with me in love is to try it. To to put them in that situation and see do they choose love or do they choose fear, seek pleasure, avoid pain, and selfishness. And I believe largely that's what this life is. Uh, if you want to call it a test, I guess you can, uh, but I think it's just a situation to see which we will choose, which will tell God where your heart is, where your treasure where your heart is, there your treasure is. Where your treasure is, that's where your heart is. As you think in your heart, so are you. That's who you really are, no matter what you tell either other people or what you present to other people. Okay? It's all about belief. We've been talking about that and always has been. It's everywhere through Scripture. And it appeared during the old law that it wasn't about belief, that they were justified by their works. But then in the New Testament, Paul says that's not true. He asked the question, was Abraham justified by the good works he did or by his belief? And he says it was by his belief. So that belief tells God, am I choosing love? Am I choosing fear, pain, pleasure, and selfishness? All right? Uh, because he wants to be in loving relationship with me. I mean, it just makes sense, right? If you want to be in loving relationship with somebody, but you observe them and notice that just about every relationship they're in is, is selfish on their part. That they hurt people, they take advantage of people, they really don't care that much about other people when somebody needs help. They're not quick to give a hand. Maybe if they do give a hand, it's so that they'll get pats on the back or get something in return, all right? Well, if I'm observing that, uh, I may not be all that excited about trying to be in a relationship with them because I've seen how they are in their relationships, all right? And I think that's exactly what's going on with me, with you, related to God and this life, is will I choose love or will I choose fear, seek pleasure, avoid pain, and selfishness? And so I have both of those programmed into me. Which one will I, by my own free will choice, choose? And another huge aspect of that, will I choose to live in harmony with my conscience, the law that is written on the heart, according to Romans 1? Or will I violate my conscience for the sake of pain, pleasure, what I want, when I want, business deal love. Okay, so we've talked about the diagnostics. We've talked about how to do kind of an anatomy of your beliefs and start to change them. And then last week we talked about an anatomy of love and the different steps you go through if you are choosing a love belief, a, a love path, the high road, 
Okay? All right. This week, I want to go here. Um, I believe that time was invented by God because belief requires time. Think about it. If there's no time, you don't have to believe. It's instant gratification. All right? You know what it is. If there's no time, time is about waiting. Time is about uncertainty. Time is about expectation or not expectation. All right? But without time, I can see what's going to happen. It's, it's clear. All right? Um, and so I, I believe that God invented time because belief requires time and belief is what it's always been about to see which path we will choose in life and whether we will make a great relationship partner and I don't mean necessarily spouse or significant other that could be friends, co-workers, whatever but will I choose a love-based belief in regard to my relationships or a fear-based falsehood belief related to relationships. So, and if I do that, it's all about what's in it for me. No matter, even though I may present that it's all about my love for you, really inside, it's all about me. All right. And if I don't get what I want, I experience anger and then something's going to have to change pretty quick because I'm in this to get what I want and need. All right? And I'm not going to spend too much time on that because we've spent a lot of time on it. All right? Um, C.S. Lewis, uh, one of the most famous writers in all of Christendom, talked about death and the end of this life and the end of time meaning I'm out of time and now I die. C.S. Lewis wrote about that, that real life hasn't even begun until the time of this life is over. Okay? And, and of course, meaning now I'm going on to heaven where I'm going to be for eternity in love-based relationship what I've been built for, with no time, eternity, uh, after a million, million years, we'll just be getting started. There's no night. There's no tears. There's no time. It's eternal. All right? So we are in sort of an artificial setting, if you want to think of, that, of it like that, because once this life is over, I believe time will be done away with because time was invented for now, to see which belief path will I choose. All right. Um, all right. Uh, I want to talk about a, uh, a study. Um, this was uh, published July 12, 2009. Uh, a study entitled The Time Emotion Paradox, published in a peer-reviewed journal. What they found is that we all have an internal clock that is very accurate. Okay? Uh, Nikola Tesla, the um, 
inventor of alternating current and transferring alternating current. So I can have lights in this room and lights in another room and air conditioning. And we used to think that that was uh, Edison. But since then, they've revised that based on actual documents and said, no, 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 that was Tesla. Well, another thing that Tesla was able to do that was remarkable is, for instance, if you think about a big, huge dam, you know, like the Hoover Dam or something like that, if you've ever been inside one of those things, there's these monstrous machines that are just huge, mammoth, okay, and they're running all the time. And, and when you're down in the belly of the dam, man, you hear those machines all over the place. Well, a company could hire Tesla and he would in his mind and imagination see all the specs of the machine and, and picture it and experience it in his mind's eye and he could determine, okay, one year, five years, ten years, twenty years, what would go wrong and the amount of wear and tear on the machines at each time increment and what the company would need to do to uh, limit malfunctions and breakdowns and how often they needed to do maintenance and what maintenance in order uh, to make it last as long as possible and all that sort of thing. And he, he was found to have unbelievable, almost perfect accuracy in predicting those kind of things, all right? Well, the studies are that we have an internal clock that really for any of us could probably do that if we could use that mechanism in a pure, clear, unemotional way. It would tell us those kind of things in our life. Maybe not about relationships and what's going to happen when I'm going to die or not. or Not that kind of stuff. But, but things like that, like machines and, and uh, grass growing and forestation and any of us, we all have that mechanism. He was just able to tap into it way better than most. Alright? Um, okay, so what they found in this July 12th 2009 study, Time Emotion Paradox, uh, the internal clock is extremely accurate if it's working, you know, at 100%. But what they found is that actually for almost everybody, that internal clock is very easily distorted by your intrinsic state, which is your emotional state. Your feeling state, your heart state, all right? So, so that clock is easily distorted by intrinsic state and by extrinsic context, meaning whatever's happening in your circumstances in life right now as it relates back to that intrinsic state. All right, I hope you understand that. but. Basically what it's saying is this internal clock is unbelievably accurate, but for most of us it's not because we have heart junk and our circumstances keep pushing the buttons 
of our heart junk. All right. A wonderful quote by uh, Pascal. The heart has its reasons of which reason knows nothing. Great quote. Another one. Organisms, an, an organism has reasons that reason must always account for. And that was by uh, Antonio Damasio, MD, PhD, head of the neuro department at the University of Southern California, being mentioned in the same sentence as Nobel Prize the last few years. He said that in 1994. The heart has its reasons of which reason knows nothing. Okay, which is what we've been talking about here for weeks. That's, that's those beliefs that have errors and untruths in them and cause us to feel things and act in ways that go against our health, our success, our happiness, our best relationships, etc. All right. Um, they, they discovered that there was no set experience of time with any of the subject participants. Okay, even though they have a mechanism that's incredibly accurate, virtually none of them were being able to use it at that level of accuracy because of their emotional state and because of the circumstances which were affecting their emotional state, pushing their buttons. Uh, so it was a subjective context and effect on the internal state. The main variance they found in the study was pleasant or unpleasant experiences. Okay? Um, pleasant experiences, in general, just didn't really mean much of anything. Unpleasant experiences pushed the subject's buttons. Alright? That was the primary difference. Uh, there's been a long-term argument in philosophy, uh, reason alone determines belief. Uh, this study says that is absolutely wrong. Emotions related to time determine beliefs. And emotions are judged longer than reason in the mind and the body. Okay? Um, that's, that's a critical statement. Emotions are judged longer than reason. Okay? We usually think the opposite. Alright? That we're reasoning and the emotions are just some peripheral thing dancing around the edges. No! That is not true. Emotions are the primary thing and reason is very often not paid much attention by the heart. Alright? Which can be good or bad depending on the state of your heart. Alright? Uh, Let's see. Um, emotions are judged longer than reason. Negative emotions are judged longer than neutral or positive emotions. Okay? The negative is always prioritized by the heart and the unconscious mind and protected from being changed or healed. That's why they're so hard to change and most things won't change them. Fe um, all right. Um, more about the study. High arousal stress pictures that the subjects looked at, uh, car wrecks, um, uh, illness and disease, people being mistreated, something ugly, uh, all kinds of stuff. 
um, high arousal stress pictures overestimate were always overestimated. In other words, the inward state spends way more time on that stuff than it even should. Pleasant pictures of of smiling children, flowers, blue skies, winning a race, those were always underestimated or or given less weight and, and, and many times a lot less weight than the stressful um, high arousal stress pictures. And they noted that when people looked at the high arousal stress pictures, it kicked in physiologically the high arousal, not just arousal, high arousal of body, mind, and spirit, your entire being, where the pleasant pictures did not do that. All right? Okay. Fear and anger. Um, initiate long-term facial stress more than anything else on planet Earth or for the human condition. And we've been talking about fear and anger ever since we started. The basic choice is love versus fear. Everything negative is fear-based. Everything positive is love-based. And anger is proof that you have a wrong goal based on expectations and end results that's spiking your stress that never should have been a goal in the first place. So fear and anger initiate long-term facial stress, which is just a, an outward symptom of internal physiological stress way more than anything else. Um, and, and this, is, this is so fascinating to me, maybe boring to you, sorry. Time, based on the fear and anger and facial stress, time varies. The, the concept of time, whether short or long, varies with the facial expression of, the, of another person that you're having a um, situation with. Not, not necessarily good or bad, but you're having a conversation, there's an interaction. The time, whether it seems long or short, varies directly with the facial expressions of that person. So positive facial expressions, and it seems like a short period of time and pleasant. Uh, negative anger and fear-based facial expressions, it seems like a much longer time, and because it's going on and on and on, or seems like it, I've got to get out of here, and I start experiencing this internal anxiety and stress, and well, that, that, that may not have anything to do with reality. It's completely based on the facial expression of another. Maybe they've got, uh, maybe they've got a stomach ache, okay? But what this is saying is even if it is something like that, it's still going to have a negative impact and stress me. And the more anger and fear in their facial expressions, the more it's going to stress me. Alright? Um, most of you probably know, Einstein said, time is relative. That's one of the main things that he's known for. And Einstein said, based on his uh, calculations and experiments, that the relativity of time depends 
on a human frame of context. Meaning, uh, or I'm sorry, a human frame of reference. So time depends on what the circumstance is, whether it seems like short, medium, or long. And if it seems like long, that virtually always kicks in a negative arousal stress situation. Okay? Um, all right, let's go back. Um, time not only varies based on, I think, um, this world, but there's also variance of time from Earth when we look into the universe, thousands and millions of miles away. Uh, let's, what does Scripture say? Ecclesiastes, for everything there is a time. You know, there's a popular song about that. For everything there's a season. Psalms, a thousand years to the Lord is like a day, and a day is like a thousand years. Jesus was the lamb slain before the foundation of the world. I was loved before the foundation of the world, and so were you. I was chosen before the foundation of the world, and so were you. How can God do that? Because God is not bound by time. And God is not bound by lies. God can't lie. And God is not bound by circumstances. He controls circumstances. And God is not bound by deciding later not to do what he had thought he would do earlier. God doesn't do that because he knows exactly everything that's going to happen for earth, for my body, for life, for my relationship with my wife, my he, he doesn't think, he doesn't think it, he doesn't hope, he doesn't believe, he knows. Okay, so when God makes a decision, a committed decision, before the world was ever started, no trees, no animals, no us, maybe even uninhabitable, but God makes a decision, I'm lonely, I'll make me a man. Okay? God, to God, once he makes that committed decision, it's done. It's as if Jesus has already died and risen from the dead. Because God knows everything about the future, as we don't. He controls time and the future, okay? And he knows he is not going to revoke his commitment. He is not going to go back on his word. He is going to do what he has decided in a committed decision to do, which is for Jesus to come, for us to receive grace instead of law, at his and Jesus' expense. Tremendous pain that maybe none of us would go through if, if we had that choice, okay? So, God is not bound by time. He, he knows what's going to happen, and once it's decided for God, even if it doesn't actually happen for 2,000 years, to God, it's already happened, 
before year one because he's committed to that and he is all-knowing, all-powerful, all-present and he will do it in, when the 2,000-year time gets here, which he did. In every, I mean, how many times did Jesus say, you know, the prophets say, or it is written, and then Jesus would say, I'm here to fulfill that. All right. Okay. Um, uh, Psalms again. David said, teach me to number my days which will create wisdom, a wise way to live my life and to handle whatever decision I've got right now. Teach me to number my days. Teach me to value the moment, to value time, which will lead me to living my life by wisdom where I end up with my best life or close to it. Not down the low road of anger, fear, misery, illness, and disease, etc. Uh, Ephesians, make the best use of your time. Psalms 31, um, David said, Let me put my time in your hands, God, and rescue me. Let me put my time in your hands and rescue me. Now, let's do reverse engineering on that. If I need to be rescued, it is very likely I have a misperception related to time that is causing me to choose the low road instead of the high road. I have a misunderstanding, a misperception of that. So let me put my time in your hands and rescue me. From what? From death, from disease, from heartache, from whatever. But, but, as Jesus said, may your will be done. The night before is death. He cries out to God uh, with the intensity of drops of blood. I mean, to me, that says extreme anxiety, maybe even to panic. Now, we don't think of Jesus that way, but that's sure what I think of when I hear that he was so distraught to drops of blood coming down from his skin, not, not from a cut he had. But... After he asked God, you know, please, if there's any way, let this cup pass from me. And evidently God said, I love you, but no. Because he didn't say anything else. And he got up and walked to his death immediately and never argued another thing. And did it with a great attitude. And, and to me, this is one of the great secrets of life. Because Jesus gave up expectation. Yeah. He had a hope for the future that God would, would not have him scourged like that and crucified and go through all of that. He had a hope, I guess, for that. I don't know the mind of Christ, but if he asked for that, I would think he had a hope for that. Okay? God's, but it wasn't an expectation for him. It was simply a desire, a hope, and he presented that to God. Hey, 
Father, I love you. Could we do it this way instead of this way? Evidently, the Father said, I love you. But no, Jesus said, fine. Okay, let your will, not mine, be done. Ladies and gentlemen, most things about the Christian life, living your life as a committed follower of Jesus, or just living a successful life, comes down to, in any and every situation, your will be done. Father, I'm feeling anger right now. I ask that you take it away. But if you want me to experience this anger, your will be done, and I'm not going to keep trying to fight it. I'm going to yield to you. Now, that doesn't mean you don't do some practical things that might help bring the anger down. I think you do, or you can, but it's still, your will be done. If I do these things to bring the anger down, but you don't want the anger down, don't bring it down. Keep it up. Let me learn what I need to learn. Let me get through it to the higher level. Um, whatever. All right. Um, and then Acts. God's time is not for us to know. Okay? So, I'm supposed to be concerned only about my time. And am I dealing with that in truth, in love, in the present moment, giving control to God, your will be done as best I can, believing in truth, believing in love, taking the high road based on that belief, that choice of that belief, because I've probably also got the other belief. I've got a competing belief that says, well, yeah, I believe that, but a little bit of instant gratification right now, uh, I think I need it, and then I'll get back on this road tomorrow, okay? Uh, how many times have you done that, all right? Um, and here's the takeaway for me. When you have competing beliefs and choose sin or seek pleasure, avoid pain, it's because of time and how you're viewing time. And I believe in this way that time is actually an illusion. I don't mean it's not real for this earth. It is. But for eternity before this earth and eternity after this earth, time will be no more. It will be eternal. Time was invented because belief requires time and it's all about belief. Will I believe in love or will I believe in fear, seek pleasure, avoid pain, and selfishness? Okay, so um, we're still talking about beliefs, and we probably will next time too, but in a different way. But for today, this, and I would encourage you this week, pray and meditate on how do I see time, okay? Um, you would probably never sin, we already talked about that, if there was no time, all right? Because you could see exactly what was going to happen, and you could have it right now. If there's no time, you don't have to wait, right? Time, 
waiting is because of time. For God, tomorrow, today, yesterday are all the same. I, I've seen it um, illustrated before by, by some people as that for us, time is like a linear line. But for God, it's like a circle. And everything that will ever happen in all time is already in that circle. And to God, it's all present or can be present to be manipulated, controlled, used by God. And I believe God uses time to test our belief and to help us give us more time to choose the high road and the right belief. Uh, okay? If God said, okay, Alex, that's it for you. You're, you're dying today. Well, if I'm down here, I don't have any more time left. So God gives me time, and that's different for every person, obviously. But God gives me time, I believe, because He so wants to be in relationship with me for eternity. And so He keeps giving me situations, leading and guiding me to all truth. That's what the Holy Spirit does. And using pain as the uh, gutter guards in bowling to keep me on this path. All right? Because He wants me in eternity with Him. He loves me. He loved me and chose me before the foundation. All right? So He keeps working. Jesus said, my Father is always at work. And Jesus said that He is constantly interceding for me and for you at the right hand of the Father. Hear those words, always and constantly. Why? Because He loves you so much. Just like you would with a child or someone that you dearly loved, hopefully. All right. So, don't let time cause you to live here and end up at the only destination that the low road goes to, which is fear, anger, frustration, health issues, negative emotions, thoughts, negative brain chemistry, negative hormones, uh, relationships that are not what they could be, maybe even a career that is not what it could be, okay? All of those things are affected by time, okay? So start thinking of time maybe a little bit differently as something I've been given as a gift in order to find the true love-based belief, commit to it, and go on that road, and whenever I fall off, to get up, dust myself off, and go right back up. Okay? So, um, if you are here, the chances are about 99% that that is largely because of the effect of time on your beliefs causing you to choose instant gratification, seek pleasure, avoid pain, selfishness instead of present moment love and truth. 
okay? Uh, an interesting thing about this to me is that, you know, for God, everything is kind of present and available. And, and, and Einstein even found that, that time travel was possible uh, through something, through um, a wormhole, the, the Einstein uh, Rosen wormhole, okay? So you could go back, you could go, well, God lives there, okay? Everything is, is kind of like present tense, and he can use and manipulate for my good, for your good, all right? Well, you know what? Your unconscious mind works that same way. It doesn't differentiate between past, present, and future, or even real or imagined. It treats everything as present tense reality, which is where God wants us to live in the context of time. Let tomorrow take care of itself, okay? You don't have enough worries of its own, and we're only to go to the past to heal something or to learn and then to come right back and focus in the present in love, giving up the end result to God who knows everything that's going to happen in my life and what's best, even if it may not seem best to me at the time. So if I can live giving up expectation in this committed attitude of, Father, your will be done in everything, in my sadness, in my anger, in my frustration, in my low self-worth, may your will be done. And I, yeah, I'm going to try to, to, to do what I can and change and benefit those things, but no matter what I do, your will be done. If you want me to have low self-worth, let me have low self-worth. But Scripture disagrees with that, and we've gone over that many times, Okay. I'm fearfully, wonderfully made. I'm blameless. I'm the son of God. I'm of great value, perfectly made in the image of God, etc. And he desperately wants me for long-term loving relationship beyond anything that I can imagine. But in order, maybe for some of us, to get to that, We've got to change our view of time because it's negatively affecting our beliefs, which in turn negatively affects our actions to seek pleasure, avoid pain, instant gratification. Rather than your will be done no matter what it is and delayed gratification. Okay? So, when you have competing beliefs and choose sin or seek pleasure, avoid pain. It's always related to time, maybe almost exclusively time in some situations, especially as related to time's effect on our beliefs, and, and which means that we are sinning or choosing pain-pleasure based on an illusion. And you know what? That's how it feels. When, when I choose the wrong thing, when I go against my conscience, when I choose the fear-based instant gratification belief, all right, after I've done whatever that is, every time I feel guilt and shame and, you know, and, and did for decades, every time, all right? Well, I think part of that 
is because I acted on something that wasn't even real. I was acting on a wrong belief, which in a way is an illusion. Remember the pictures, that the stressful pictures from the study were overestimated, the pleasant pictures underestimated, which means given too much weight or too little weight. All right? So, next time you mess up, remember the time illusion factor related to your right or in error beliefs. Thank you so very much and have a wonderful blessed day.